Merry, Merry Christmas. I am so grateful wherever you happen to be today that you're deciding to join us. My name is Troy McMahon, and I get the privilege to be the lead pastor here at Restored. I'm grateful that we get a chance to share this Christmas celebration together. Now, got to be honest with you, I love Christmas carols. I'm the kind of guy who could sing them for longer than the periods that they're allowed between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I want to start our time together with a little game. And here's the game we're going to play. Back when I was a kid, like in the previous century, uh, there was this TV show called Name That Tune. Actually, I heard there's a, a reboot of it that just came out this past year. Well, anyway, on this show, you'd have contestants, and they would have to guess the song with just a very few number of notes. So we're going to, in the spirit of Christmas, play Name That Christmas Carol. I'm going to kind of hum or, or sing to you five notes, and then I want you to guess. I want you to, like, shout it out loud. If you're with somebody else, you can tell the person you're with, or if you're by yourself, I mean, you can just shout it right at your TV screen or your laptop or your phone, whatever you're engaging with us on right now. Here we go. First carol is this. Bum, 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 bum. You said it. Mm-hmm. I know. Some of you just went, of course, Troy. Away in the manger. And some of you went, away in the manger. Yeah, and you would both be right. All right, here's our second one. A little bit more difficult. Bum, 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 bum. All right. Yeah, yeah. You're saying, oh, yeah, I know that one too. That's Hark the Herald Angels Sing, sure enough. Now, third one is a little more difficult. This is kind of old school. And some of you may know it right off the bat. And some of you may be like, I, I, I'm not sure I've ever heard that one before. So it, it goes like this, five notes. Bum, 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 bum. I'll do that again for you. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, you're like, some of you are like, oh yeah, I know that one. Others are like, I'm not sure what that is. Mm -hmm. It came upon a midnight clear. Okay, just one more. This one happens to be like when they've done surveys, the number one Christmas carol of all time. Here's the five notes. See if you can, gain, you can guess what it is. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, holy night. Yeah, it, it's one of my favorites. And I mean, it's just this beautiful song. And I think we love it, not just because it's a beautiful song, but because Oh, Holy Night tells this beautiful story, a story that we can all relate to. A story that talks about the, this weary world. A story that leans into a thrill of hope. Now the word weary, right? It, it's a great word to describe kind of the world that existed in the first century right as Jesus was born. I mean, the Jewish people, they were weary. They were weary from the oppression of the Roman Empire. And they felt like prisoners in their own land and they were weary of violence. There was this threat of punishment upon them all the time, and, and they just tired of seeing Roman crucifixions. And people, they were weary of economic chaos. I mean, cheating and theft, I mean, it was commonplace, and people were being taxed into poverty. So in the middle of their weariness, they were asking, where? Where is God? The first century world, it was a weary world. And I think weary, it's a good word to describe our world today. I mean, the continued war in Ukraine, it makes me weary. 
I mean, the economic stress and this fear of an upcoming recession, it makes me weary. I mean, over the course of the last two winters, we've fought through this health crisis, and I thought, well, we'd get some reprieve, but no, here we are in what the media is calling this triple-demic, which they say could create the worst respiratory season in so many years, and oh, it makes me weary. The world today, it's a weary world. And in the midst of the weariness, uh, we might think, where is God? And for some of us, weary is how we feel about our personal life these days. I mean, we're weary from fighting with those who we're supposed to be in community with and love. I mean, we're weary from having too little but needing too much, especially this time of year. I mean, we're weary from all the aches and pains that just come with aging and getting older, and we're weary for putting in too many hours but getting too little satisfactions. We're weary of our past, but we're also weary about the future. And we live in a weary world. I mean, there's definitely been times for me this last year that I've felt weary. I mean, 2021 was this amazing year. Uh, two of my children got married this year. And so in the middle of that, I mean, there's these great celebrations. But, but I just even recall that there were times in the middle of it, I felt this fatigue, this weariness. And we spent the entire year of 2022 looking for some key staff people. And I frequently called out to God, God, what am I doing wrong? And I felt weary. And as we continue to develop this new normal, I just still feel so weary. And I wonder, can you relate? If you can, I bet you're weary too. And in the middle of all this, if we're honest, sometimes we just wonder, where is God? Well, let me tell you the good news. Lean in. Listeners, hear this. In the middle of a weary world 2,000 years ago, and in the midst of your weary world, in the midst of my weary world, comes a thrill of hope. Hope, man. That's what you need. Hope, that's what I need. It was Emil Bruner, who's a Swiss theologian. Here's what he said. He says, what oxygen is to the lungs, such is hope to the meaning of life. Did you know that studies show that hopeful students in college have higher GPAs and have a greater rate of graduation? Hopeful athletes actually perform better, and those who get injuries recover from those injuries faster. I mean, it cannot be disputed. Hope is catalytic. So the question for you and I is, when we're in the midst of this weary world, where, where do we find hope? Well, let's look to our true source. Uh, John, who was one of Jesus' closest friends, he was one of the inner workings, the, the 12 disciples or apostles, are they, as they're called. He offers us real hope in what could be described as the Christmas card letter known as, written as 1 John. Now, when I say it's the Christmas card letter, you may think, well, how can that be so? Because if you've read through it, or as we read through it, you're going to see there's no story of Mary or Joseph. There's no shepherds. There's no manger. There's no angels. And you'd be right. You see, this passage doesn't describe 
the Christmas events. But what this does tell us is how the events of Christmas mean so much to us, and they bring such hope on this Christmas night, this thrill of hope. Here's how we begin to read. John begins with, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes. We've touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Now recognize what John is saying here. He's saying, we have seen him. We have heard him. We've touched him. I mean, he's talking about Jesus. Now, now as you read these words, imagine that you have John, who who was the, the apostle, as we know. He was the one who made it to old age. So they believe he died somewhere in his 80s or 90s, and he brought to old age. And so can you imagine him as this old man who's sitting on um, a deposition in a courtroom? He's got his hand raised, and he says, this hope is real. It really did happen. God came to earth in the person of Jesus. I saw him. I heard him. I touched him. It's not just some good fable that we recount in December. No, this really happened. John's looking at you. Jesus is God come to earth. And so John reminds us, you know, this isn't just some nice story. It's not just something that we talk about to bring holiday cheer. Now, this is real. This is true. Jesus has come. And because of that, my friends, there is a thrill of hope. But John continues when he writes, This one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you, he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. Now notice something interesting here. John doesn't just say that Jesus has life or gives life. No, he says that he is life. He is eternal life. But when you read that, you may go, so so what does that really mean? I love how Pastor Tim Keller describes it this way. He says, in every other religion, the founder is a prophet or a sage, and the founder says, here's the way that you find eternal life. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then you will be saved. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, Jesus Christ, according to Christmas, is God come to save us, to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So to know him is eternal life. So essentially what the Apostle John declares here is that to know Jesus is eternal life. That this hope brings life. And I just got to, I know, I know that is good, good news for some of you who are leaning in, who are watching, who are listening right now. Because I can tell you, it is good, good news for all of us. No matter what you're going through this Christmas, no matter how great or how hard it is, I think God wants you to know there is hope. There's hope for everyone. Everyone who's weary of trying to prove themselves. There's hope for everyone who's weary from trying to measure up. There's hope for everyone who's weary from just trying to be good enough. 
And the hope is this, you're off the hook. The hope is that Jesus can do for you what you can't do for yourself. You see, the hope in Christmas means that you and I, that we are saved by grace. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. It's offered to you and I by God through Jesus. You see, the thrill of hope is in knowing that eternal life is ours. It's ours just for accepting this gift that was given to us at Christmas. The Apostle John, he continues on to say that hey, hope is real, right? And hope brings eternal life, but also this. He continues, we proclaim to you that what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. My friends, Jesus came that very first Christmas to be in fellowship with us, to establish fellowship among us. I love how the message talks about John when he wrote his gospel that, that Jesus is God put on flesh and he moved into the neighborhood. And in this, we can have a fellowship where we can become known and, and know, where we can be loved and loved, where everyone, it doesn't matter if you're a college student, a high school student, a business owner, a single mom, a, a widower, everyone can belong. A fellowship that gives us hope. And again, you might think, right? Well, I, I'm just tuning in. I'm just doing this because it's kind of the, the right thing to do on Christmas or Christmas Eve. But my guess is there's something bigger happening here. You see, I think God wants to give you a place to belong, even right here in the digital realm. I believe he wants to give you a fellowship in the middle of this weary world. He wants to give you a community who will walk alongside you when things are really good and when things are really hard. And just so we're on the same page, that's what church is meant to be. John is reminding us that the hope is us. We, you and me, part of this thing called the church all of us, that we need each other to hold on to hope. You know, maybe in the weariness of all that we've been through these past few years, you find yourself asking, where, where is God? Well, he's here, my friends. And on Christmas, we get the proven fact that they called him Emmanuel. God with us. And this Christmas, my friends, he's offering you and me hope. And I need hope. And we need hope. And you need hope. It cannot be disputed. Hope is a powerful, powerful catalytic. This Christmas, what God is offering you and I, what we need most, and that's hope. Because, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world 
in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. My friends, in the middle of a weary world, he is offering us, you and me, the thrill of hope. Here's what I know. Through the birth of Jesus, he came. He came as God with us and is found to be our Savior. And he turned the world upside down. Father God, wherever we find ourselves right now, experiencing great joy and celebration or experiencing hardships, that God, you enter into that story. And because of who you are and what you want to do for us and in us and through us, God, you give us hope. Help us to be a people who willingly receive that hope, who understand that Emmanuel with us tells us that hope is real, that hope is life, and that God together, hope is us as we celebrate who you are and the birth of Jesus as this baby boy, God, let us also understand the significance of the Savior who would give his life so that we could have an eternal relationship with you. So, Father, we willingly receive it on this Christmas day, this Christmas week, this Christmas Eve. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.